You're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. Are you ready to blab with me? Grab a front row seat as I adventure through motherhood, build my career, and not lose my shit. This podcast is a place for women to come together and relate through the highs and lows of business and motherhood, keep it real, and learn some new business tips and tricks while inspiring each other to do the dang thing. So close your eyes and take a deep breath, mama. You found us. It might not always be pretty, but you can count on one thing. We are in this hot mess together. Oh yeah, I'm so glad you're here to listen to the show, but make sure you check out everything else that Boss Ladies and Babies has to offer, like our mini episodes every Tuesday with quick business tips for the busy boss lady, our merchandise that will be relaunching soon, and all of our resources, coaching, courses, programs, and more over at bossladiesandbabies.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. This is Megan, and I'm not sure if you've heard the news, but our new merch line has officially dropped, and it is so dang cute. I cannot even handle it. So if you are listening right now, make sure that you take a minute today and head on over to bossladiesandbabies.com slash shop and check out everything that we have in there. We've got a really cute podcast sweatshirt, which I am wearing right now. It's going to be my new podcast recorded uniform. We've got some cute sets for you and your boss babies or mini bosses, some hats, office supplies, just so much cute stuff. I partnered up with my friend Crystal, Crystal Romalo Designs, and she helped my vision for this complete rebrand for the merch come to life. And I am just so excited. It's so stinking cute. So that is what's happening over here. Newest thing that happened in the last week since I last caught up with you guys. So make sure that you go and check that out. All right. So we've got kind of a heavy episode this week. I'm just going to give you like a little trigger warning. I don't know if a trigger warning is necessary for the topic of COVID, but if it is, like you've been warned. If you read my Scary Mommy article, you know where I stand. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know where I stand with COVID and you know kind of how I've been feeling. And so this episode is a deeper dive into a conversation with another mama who also is feeling those feelings of isolation and anger and fear through raising children during a pandemic. So we talk about some of the real, real scary things that are happening to children right now. We talk about our opinions on the vaccines and mask wearing and following all of the recommendations of the CDC. So if that is not your jam or you're not in the mood to listen to something heavy like that, just come back later or, you know, maybe skip this one. Um, but I do think that it's a really important conversation. So if you are in the right space mentally and are able to listen to this episode, I hope that you do because it's a really, really important conversation and a lot of us are feeling this way. So it's important that we talk about it. So before we get into that, I am going to jump into my highs and lows for the week and kick this show off. So let me know, by the way, it's been a couple weeks now, me doing the highs and lows. Are you guys loving this, hating it? Let me know. Give me some feedback because I'm doing this show for you guys just as much as myself, like I said before. So we want to make sure you're loving it. All right. So my high for the week is my birthday is coming up on the 30th. And it's kind of a weird year where you know, people are getting back out, doing normal things again. So everybody that I would invite over for like a birthday celebration is going to be busy the weekend of like when I would celebrate my birthday. So this last weekend, my mom, sister, my friend Crystal, and my grandma all came over and we had this little um, like charcuterie brunch champagne luxury picnic experience, I believe is what they call it. And it was through Bottles and Bites Oli, which is a new business who comes to your house, like sets up this luxury picnic experience, brings all the food, the champagne, they do all the setup, all the takedown. And it was just so much fun, like the perfect little girl's day. 
it was incredible and I recommend it to anybody in like the Olympia, Tacoma, I believe even Seattle area. It was super, super fun and it was fun to celebrate my birthday a, a week early. So now it's like, let the festivities begin. I'm going to keep celebrating until I can't no more. Just kidding. I'm in bed by like eight o'clock every night. <laughs> but anyway, my low with that being said is I'm just feeling old. Like I'm going to be 34 on the 30th and I just feel like old lady. I'm just tired all the time. I go to bed super early. I wake up super early. I just, I don't know, like my life is ruled by my like to-do list and responsibilities. And I'm just, you know, I'm having this epiphany like the week leading up to my birthday that I don't want to feel this old. And so I'm going to do some soul searching and see what I can do to kind of pull myself out of this old lady funk because I'm not that old and I'm acting like I'm way older than I am. So stay tuned. I'm really going to be trying to like up my water, get my eating cleaned up again, my diet cleaned up, really be working on my exercise routine and just kind of like get back into some of these habits that I've let fall out in the past year because of this pandemic and everything going on. Like no excuse, but it's just like another year coming, another birthday, just like a reminder that I need to take care of myself as well as everyone else because I've kind of been letting like self-care and just like my health fall on the back burner. So rant over with that. Let's get into the episode. So for this episode, I am joined by this amazing woman that I met on Clubhouse, actually. You know how much I love Clubhouse. And I stumbled across this room, which is unusual for my Clubhouse consumption. Like usually I'm on there to talk about business and social media and growing your business and adding value. But I saw this room that was a bunch of doctors and epidemiologists that were talking about COVID. And so I like kind of try to avoid mainstream media and I don't like to get my information from media like that because it just freaks me out. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to pop in this room and see what's going on. So there was a doctor in the room that I follow on TikTok and I really appreciate his like fact driven uh, content and his posts are always full of data. And he was actually on stage and on Clubhouse. So I raised my hand to see if I could get up there and ask a question. Got up there, asked this question about the kids. You know, this was before Delta even, which we'll talk about in the episode. But I was asking this question about, I have a three-year-old. Like, how are we supposed to be navigating this as parents? Like, what is really going on? No one seems to know. And all of these doctors and epidemiologists, like, answered my question. And so when I left the room, I got this really sweet DM from my guest tonight for this episode, letting me know that she was in a similar situation. And she heard me in this clubhouse room and, you know, basically like solidarity, you're not going through this alone. I have the same concerns. And she is actually in Alabama. And we had this really great conversation in the DMs on Instagram. And we decided that it would be an important conversation to have on this podcast. So I am so excited to share this conversation with all of you. It's really vulnerable and, you know, it just kind of felt almost therapeutic by the time that we were done. I'm just really, really thankful to her for coming on and being so open. And so my guest for this episode is a wife and a mama, and she has a three-year-old little boy. She has a bachelor's degree in public relations and a master's degree in social social work. She's a stay-at-home mom for the last three years after her son was born at only 26 weeks and was in the NICU for 133 days, which she shares that story on the episode. And it is just such an amazing story. Her son is doing great now. And she's a mentor for NICU mothers and helps other families kind of go through this NICU experience because she's been there. And she is just such an amazing soul. I am so, so honored to have chatted with her. So we're going to bring her on right after this break. It's time for this week's Boss Lady Business Spotlight. Meet Hello Doll Baby. 
Hello Doll Baby is an online baby and toddler boutique. The goal of Hello Doll Baby is to curate a minimalistic, comfortable collection of clothes and baby items from high quality brands. Hello Doll Baby is made up of items that are easy to mix and match to accommodate many outfit changes throughout the day. The parent-approved durability of their products ensures they will be yours to love, wash, and pass down for years. Enjoy an exclusive Boss Ladies and Babies discount. Use code HEYMAMA for a one-time offer of 15% off site-wide. That's HEYMAMA for 15% off site-wide. Hi, Shamir. Welcome to the show. Hello. I am so, so excited to have you here today. And I'm so excited that you sent me that DM after being in that clubhouse room together, which I'm sure we'll get into all of that as we get into the episode. But before we jump into things, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and just what you're excited to talk about today. Cool. So um, my name is Shamir and um, I live in Alabama. Um, I'm originally from Michigan. So that's why my accent is kind of like hard to place. I get a lot of people like, wait, what you're from? You don't have a Southern accent or whatever. So I have a kind of mixed um, accent going on. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mom to three-year-old miracle child. And I've been married for six years. It'll be seven years, actually, um, this May coming, well, May when it comes back around. And yeah, I, I have a um, bachelor's degree in public relations. And I did a do-over. I, I quit my job um, and decided I want to work, at, I want to become a social worker. So I went back to school and got my master's in social work. And I got pregnant. I actually got pregnant while I was applying. So I got my, I got my acceptance letter into grad school and I got a pregnancy test, a positive pregnancy test at the same time. Oh my gosh. It was really scary. And then unfortunately I had a miscarriage. And so I went to school and then I was trying to figure out, okay, I I knew I wanted to have a baby. I was like 34 around this time and trying to time it. So ended up getting pregnant while I was in graduate school. Um, I graduated May, 2018. Um, Got a job in my field in June 2018. My son was due in November 2018, and I went into premature labor in August 2018 when I was 26 weeks. And at 29 weeks, he developed necrotizing enterocolitis, which is a devastating gastrointestinal disease. And so he had to be airlifted an hour away. And so I literally moved into the children's hospital and, and lived there with him. My husband had a room a couple of blocks away at the Ronald McDonald house. And we were there for, we were at his birth hospital for 33 days and at children's for 110 days. Oh, wow. And then he got discharged on oxygen. And so I just, I had to resign from my job. And so, and I've been a stay at home mom ever since. Um, our goal was to last year in 2020, um, the spring, the end of flu season, summer was going to be when we got back to normal because we were instructed by our pulmonologist to kind of to hunker down, especially during like flu and RSV seasons is for his two first flu seasons mm. because it was because he was on a ventilator and on oxygen. It was very important for him not to get flu or RSV it could like put him back on a respirator. It could kill him. Yeah. And so we had to wait because children, a lot of people don't know this, but they're their lung tissue is developing till they're about five, like they're growing new tissue. And when you're on a ventilator, ventilators save lives, but they also damage tissue, Mm -hmm. especially if you're a a premature little bitty baby, Mm -hmm. it's causing damage while it's also helping you breathe. So we had to wait until that, that healthy lung tissue replaced itself. So we're like, okay, we're hunkering down and then um 2020 is going to be our year where we're going to get back to normal and like do stuff like a regular family and then COVID hit and so here we are (laughs) oh my goodness how scary and just like with the respiratory stuff and then COVID has to be just like absolutely terrifying for you guys oh my goodness absolutely absolutely Yeah. Okay. Well, I am really, really excited to talk with you today. Um, We're going to be talking all about parenting during COVID-19. And so whether your children are more high risk, or if even if they aren't, and you are just a parent trying to navigate how to get through this, 
we want to have this conversation today and just be really open. I know you and I kind of talked behind the scenes about COVID being kind of like a touchy subject when it comes to children, but it seems to be a thing that we need to be talking about. And obviously the pandemic's been tragic and devastatingly hard for literally everyone, right? Like we know it's hard for everyone, but there's a general consensus that for parents and our children for that matter, we're kind of feeling like an afterthought when it comes to protocols and how to safely handle this pandemic. So like, for example, when the CDC said vaccinated people can go maskless, assuming that people would follow like this honor system when our children were still vulnerable and still unable to be vaccinated, right? Like that's just a perfect example. And now with the Delta variant raging through the U.S. and actually affecting children, it just got even worse for all of us parents, right? And so, I mean, with your son, he he would be high risk technically, right? Right. Now, yeah. Right. So just like, and, and, and where you're located too in the U.S., like how are you holding up with everything happening? And like what's going on there? And, and just how are you getting through this? It's really bad here. Um, so at first, because I was journaling, I'm actually working on um, a collaboration, a NICU project that I'm writing um, our, our stories with some other NICU moms. And so I, I, I sometimes I just something comes to me and I start writing about it. Yeah. And, and one thing I was writing about yesterday I, as I was thinking through some thoughts that I was, some feelings that I was having is realizing that um, this pandemic I was already having anxiety and PTSD from just the NICU traumatic birth experience, feeling neglected by my doctors at the time. Mm -hmm. There's that. Um, And so to go through a pandemic on top of that Mm -hmm. has has given me a, a different level of anxiety. And so it's impacting me every day. And, um, and so I was just thinking, thinking about that and thinking about, um, you know, how my heightened anxiety is and how my perspective is so different because I try to have grace for people. I know that not everyone has had a traumatic experience or a NICU experience. Not everyone has a high risk child. And so I think that some people look at me like, oh, oh yeah, you've got a high risk baby. I get it. But Mm -hmm. it's beyond that because we're all at risk. And I, Mm -hmm. I don't think people really are grasping that. It's not just, you know, before the pandemic, it was like, oh, yeah, she doesn't go out or she doesn't bring her baby to a, like crowded areas because he was a preemie. Mm-hmm. But like now it's we're all at risk. Like I'm worried about my new newborn baby niece. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. I was so worried about my sister when she was going to give give birth. And so writing about it has really been helping me. But but anyway, but before before this I was getting through when it first started. I, my, my whole mantra was, okay, girlfriend, you've hunkered down before you've done this for practically two years. You know how to be safe. You know how to, um, we were already, we were already wearing masks before Mm -hmm. the pandemic during flu season. I'd have, I went to the movies. I'd have me a mask in my purse. And if I, if I felt uncomfortable, I sometimes in, in the NICU, if I started to have a sore throat for my allergies and I wasn't sure, to not have to be separated from my child again, mm-hmm. I would sleep because I slept in his room with him. I slept in a mask 24 hours a day for a week. Yeah, so when wow. I hear people say things like, oh my God, I can't breathe in a mask. I don't right. want, I, no, I don't want to yeah. hear that. My yeah. son, who's on oxygen. He can wear his mask. He does well with it. I don't want to hear that. I, I know for a fact that it's hogwash. Mm-hmm. So, but at first I was getting through it because I know that I've been through this before. I've been some, through something horrible before. We can manage. Yeah. They told us it was going to be a couple of weeks. We're thinking, okay, a couple of weeks, a month. Okay, we can do this. Right. And here we are yeah. like almost two years into it. And it's just like, whoa, how do we keep going on like this? And as a social worker, you know, when I, I have a therapist, I mm-hmm. meet with my therapist often. We haven't even really gotten to the point where we're talking about COVID and I don't even know how to bring it up to her because she's not trained in this. Like we, we don't learn about when we study mental health and we study all these different things, we didn't learn about how to, how to, how to, how to counsel people through pandemics. So I already know she doesn't really know, you know, it's hard when you're, when you study mental health and you're trying to do your (laughs) talk with your therapist because you're already in your head anyway. Right. But now, especially I'm like, what, what? 
can she really tell me about navigating through this? I could probably tell her some stuff on how to navigate. So right? that's kind of yeah. hard. That, that's one thing that's hard for me um, is um, just that knowing that no one really has any sound advice for me because mm-hmm. we're all, this is such a new thing. You know, the, the best, the best advice I have, the best coping that I have is from my NICU journey. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of that trauma kind of, unfortunately, like that it happened, set you up to be able to take on this trauma, but it's, yeah. And it's, the isolation, the isolation yes. is the other biggest thing because during that time we had to be separated from our family. We were an hour away. Mm-hmm. And I know that some, some parents, they kind of just depending on your, just your situation, your own mental health, mm-hmm. some parents and other children, like we were, we were at that moment in our lives, we didn't have any other children. So yeah. we could completely dedicate and like be there. My husband's job was really supportive. They let him work from the NICU room. Mm-hmm. So we could be there 24 hours a day. And so, um, so we were isolated from our family. We missed out on a lot of events. I was a Girl Scout troop leader at the time. So yeah. I would try to like meet my troop and they would drive my parents, other moms would drive their kids up to Birmingham, which is like an hour away to meet me and do stuff. Yeah. So I, I figure out how to navigate. So I, I take those skills when I think about now, I'm like, how can I do things safely? How mm-hmm. can I get outside? How can I still find joy? Because yeah. even during those times, I managed, we had a, it sounds weird, but my husband and I had a great time in the NICU. Like, yeah. even though it was so scary and we're sitting there watching and like praying over our son and just really just be like, just not really knowing what was going to happen. We took walks. We tried to experience whatever we could that mm-hmm. was joyful together. Um, Cause that's all we had was each other. And so yeah. that's kind of what we are now. Yeah. That's amazing to be able to find the joy in each other, you know? And I think a lot of us have been trying to do that throughout this pandemic, which is, you know, kind of hard to do, especially when there's so many anxieties running through our minds and, you know, we're stuck with the people that we're around so much, but the longer that this pandemic is going on, we start to realize like these people that we are with right now are the most important thing to us. And we're lucky that we're with them and we are going to do anything that we possibly can to keep each other safe. And I think we're actually venturing into the hardest part of the pandemic right now, in my opinion, because we we are so split where so many people are going back into normal life. And, you know, you aren't just with your little pod of people that you're going to keep safe and you have responsibility to keep them safe. And you have pretty much control over keeping them safe. Like we were all of 2020. Now everybody is starting to venture back out into real life. And that's almost a trauma for so many of us in itself, because we got so used to, and and I imagine, especially you guys for the years you did this before you get so used to this controlled environment of we're quarantined, we're at home, we're doing everything to keep each other safe. And now the whole world is doing it. Okay. Like we're going to be fine. But now we're in that muddy water of some people are out living their lives and enjoying themselves. We are not necessarily able to do that for many of us with children. The pandemic's not over for us. Like it, you know, everybody all summer was talking about like hot back summer, the pandemic's over, not for right. us parents. We're and outside. Now, everybody was saying yes. that we're, at, we're back outside. And, I'm yes. like, and now we have even less control over keeping safe. Those people that we're stuck with that are most important to us we are losing the control of being able to keep them safe. I keep hearing stories about, you know, and this isn't to scare anybody. Nothing that I ever talk about is to scare people. This is just, you know, my, my own anxiety, my own concerns. And we're having this vulnerable conversation, but you keep hearing about people who we've done everything we're supposed to. We're vaccinated. We wear, we wear our masks. I've kept my child safe for 18 months and they go off to school for a week and just like that, they have COVID or somehow they got COVID and we've done everything we're supposed to. And that's kind of what I'm talking Like we lose, we're losing that ability to control the safety of our families. And that's, that's the hardest part of this pandemic. I think it's, it's, it's really scary. And, and it's, it hurts. Like you said, it's, it's traumatizing and triggering. And, and I've had to do a lot of work the last few months to deal with myself because I was getting so angry to the point where I was like, unfollowing friends Mm -hmm. on Facebook and things because just seeing them 
doing certain things was so triggering to me. Yes. And then I had to, just, I'm just like, wow, like, I don't want to be like this. It was really hurtful mm-hmm. and just feeling judged. And I still feel like that sometimes when I'm instant, if I'm mixed company, like yesterday I had a photo shoot with some friends and, and um, only, you know, a few of us had masks on outside. Most mm-hmm. of us didn't. And, um, and it was really hard. It was really hard because I know that you and I, for example, we spend a lot of time doing research out of outside of what we're hearing. Yes. Like in clubhouse and like talking with doctors and epidemiologists and things like that. So I have, you don't want to be like, well, I have more knowledge than you. Right. <laughs> but the, the benefit of being a stay at home mom, I do have more time and I would probably Mm -hmm. do this if I wasn't a stay-at-home mom because I'm just a nerd like that about science and stuff I'm always researching and I think that's an important thing as a mother and what I've learned from my journey too you have to do your own research Mm -hmm. when my son was in the hospital I didn't just listen to what at first I did when I first had him and he was Mm -hmm. premature and I was just kind of like you know when you first have a baby you're just kind of like you're so exhausted and you're just so emotional but then when he got really sick, I was like, wait a minute, girl. Okay. You're going to have to wake up, start asking some questions. He's getting sick. Mm-hmm. You've already been neglected one time. Do you start do, doing your work, start finding some peer review um, journals, start doing your research, stop being afraid of it. Cause mm-hmm. I think at first, when I first had my son, I was so afraid. And that's what a lot of people are right now. They're afraid to really do the research. They just mm-hmm. listen. I was like, what's, what's being said out loud? take our mask off if we're vaccinated okay yeah and it's like have you been to the website though like have you been to the cdc website and read the fine print don't just yeah. listen to what there's what you're here on the news read mm-hmm. if you use some common sense and i hate to say that because it's not that common if you're not familiar with doing looking going against the grain and really mm-hmm. looking into and asking questions to people it's not common to everybody so I try to give people grace about that and for that kind of thing so yeah. with my family for my family for example I know they don't my family a lot of my family they haven't been to college they don't know mm-hmm. to link up with scientists or doctors or ask these questions right. so it's my duty to do that and mm-hmm. to communicate that to them and say hey 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 excuse me wait you're, you're wearing that kind of mask that's not going to cut it Mm-hmm. Let me give you this mask. Like yesterday I called my sister. I knew she didn't have the proper mask and she had to go get her staples out from her C-section. I was like, hey, sis, you do you have a, what kind of mask are you wearing to your doctor's appointment? I'll be right there. I got a mask for you because this is a better quality. This is what you need to be wearing when you're inside an appointment because mm-hmm. I'm doing the research. Mm-hmm. When, when, the, when, the pan, when I first heard about the pan- pandemic, I want to say it was December, I think is when we first heard like there's this virus talks going about on. it. Yeah. You know, this talks about, I, I now remember I was at a Christmas party and we had just heard about it. And I was talking with my girlfriend and she was just laughing. And you know how somebody's talking and like um, spit, spittle comes out of their mouth. Yes, you can and see like, the droplets. landed like on my lip. And I remember just being like, oh my God. And well, you know, I was freaking out anyway, cause it was December. So it's like, yeah, season, season. and I was already kind of like, oh Lord. But then after that, I, you know, I think about that all the time because those are the kind of moments where you get sick. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so when I started hearing about this, this virus, I started researching masks and things. I was telling my husband, like, Hey, we need to order some masks. I think we need to order some, we need to find some, like some, we were, we ordered these Cambridge masks from like, from Europe actually. Mm, and, um, and it took months for them to come. Yeah. Like, we ordered them. I want to say it may be June and we didn't get them until September. Oh, wow. And so, because they were so back order because people were doing their research, people mm-hmm. were getting these high quality masks and everything. But at the same time, the CDC was saying, oh, you don't have to wear we don't a mask. Need masks. You don't need yeah. masks. Then if you start looking, the mask were, you couldn't order a mask. Where right. were they going? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I knew, I learned early, don't just listen to what they're saying. You got, we've got to do our own research and be smart about this thing. We're going to survive it. Yeah. I think that's the thing. So many people are just, and I, I don't necessarily fault them for this, but they're just blindly following all of the guidelines, right? Which mm-hmm. there's there's nothing wrong with that. And I don't know about you, but for me, it makes me feel like I have a little bit more control over the situation by doing the research mm-hmm. and by, you know, being that person who's like, did you hear this? Like, this is what's really going on. Let me help you 
with that, you know, and just kind of like what you're saying with the masks. And, you know, my sister's like that too. Her and I, I mean, my sister is better at it than I am. Like we, none of us would have been vaccinated early if it weren't for my sister. She was like, I am finding us vaccines. And I think for people with anxiety, things like that, just, they make us feel like we have more control over it. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a control thing. Cause I, I've always been like this. So yeah, it's me too. It's just yeah. natural for me to, um, I've been like that since I was a little kid. So yeah, but, <laughs> but then it's like, for me, I look at all of these people who aren't like that, who aren't like us and who aren't, you know, maybe not needing this sense of control or they're not, they're just following these guidelines and they're just going on to live their life. However, you know, the guidelines are telling them to do. And that's when that isolation really starts to kick in. You know, the CDC says kids under five don't need to wear masks. So kids under five aren't wearing masks, but how come I feel to the core of my soul that my daughter at three needs to wear a mask? She's not high risk, but she needs to wear a mask. Why can I not just be like everyone else and listen to the guidelines and go, you know, and that's where that isolation starts to kick in. And I know that a lot of people listening right now feel that way too. Like nobody knows enough about this virus to truly say what is right. Right. And it would be an amazing life to be able to just listen to the guidelines and not, you know, not do research and do, do everything that we're doing over here. And that is really where that isolation starts to kick in. And when I think about the pandemic and the feelings that come up, come up most often for me, and you said this earlier, anger is number one. I am, I'm going to tell you right now, I am a miserable, angry bitch right now. And I hate that (laughs) about myself. And I wish that I wasn't, but I am so angry. I am afraid. And I, I feel like, you know, people are like, oh, like, don't let fear rule your life, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. But like, we should be afraid. Nobody knows about this virus and it keeps changing. And, you know, our kids were fine and now they're not. Yeah. And, and, I, and I knew the spiraling. kids weren't going to be fine. Yes. And, and that, I, I wasn't trying to cut you off. No, no. But like last year when that happened, I kept saying, well, the kids, you don't have to worry about the kids because the kids aren't getting sick. Well, duh, school's not in. So right. like the kids aren't in school. They're not around each other like that. So they're going to stay, they're going to stay safe. Yep. Me having hunkered down before, I know that different staying away from certain environments. Oh, you can stay, you can stay healthy and not have mm-hmm. a cold or anything. Yeah. So I never let, uh, let my guard down. Same. So, and we're learning from clubhouse, these discussions. Well, what happens is this virus is smart. And so I, w- I hate to say common sense, but I, let's just say nerd sense. Nerd sense <laughs> is that, okay, so if you have a virus that hits the kids first, first of all, we, we weren't testing the kids last year. Mm-hmm. So we don't even know how many kids actually were asymptomatic, first mm-hmm. of all. So you, you've got a virus that's hitting the, hitting the kids. Some of them got sick. Mm-hmm. It's, it's learning about their immune system. And it's like, oh, these kids, okay, this is how their immune system works. I'll, I'll, let me check them. Let me go hit everybody else. And I'll get back to them once I've, I've tested everybody else. Yes. Now it's back. It, it knows the, how their immune system works. And now that's why they're getting sicker mm-hmm. because the virus is a different strain. Yeah. And I just grow, I don't know if you grew up doing this, but I watched, I probably shouldn't have, and I don't encourage any parent or <laughs> I don't plan on doing this to my own kid, but my mom was big, like horror movie, sci-fi. Yes. Kind of oh my gosh. We are like and so the same. <laughs> Which is probably where a lot of my anxiety comes from. Yes. But so I was reading Stephen King and like watching all these zombie flicks when I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. So I've always, all my life have been like, oh my gosh, one day this could like really happen. Yes. Like there could be like a virus, a contagion, like an outbreak. And like, what will we do? And you always kind of hope that it's not going to be in your lifetime. Right. So, so that's another reason. So when it started, when it started happening, I was like, man. I knew it's this happening. was coming. <laughs> I knew it was coming. So I'm not, I wasn't surprised. I've mm-hmm. never been surprised about this. I think what's surprising though, I'm just like, have, has no one else seen the movies? Yeah. <laughs> like I can't be the only one that watched Outbreak or saw Contagion or watched like every zombie movie. Like wait, or just like a Jason or Halloween movie. And that's what I feel like. I feel like we're in a scary movie and like, you know, 
you know, the girl's like, oh, where's my boyfriend? I'm going to go outside. Everybody's like, no, 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 there's a monster outside. Don't go out there. And she's like, oh, it's fine. And she's like out there and she's like, Mike, Mike, where are you? And like Jason's standing <laughs> right there and it's just like, and then, and then she's like, her head's chopped off. Yes. And like all the warning signs were there. Except for <laughs> in this case, the people who are running outside towards the killer are normal and the people who are like don't go out there are the ones who are seen as crazy right. calm down why are you afraid what what are sheeple right like yeah. hello like what's happening yeah. what kind of parallel yeah. universe is this <sighs> it's 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 crazy it, it it really is and i'm just really so happy when i saw you on clubhouse and you were asking those questions i was like yes yes I'm going to connect with her. I'm going to connect with this lady. Yes. And so <laughs> the questions I was asking about, for those of you who don't know, it was what, what are we doing about the kids? And this was before the Delta variant was yeah, really sure raging was. out of control. And I, you know, I saw this doctor that I follow on TikTok, and I was like, oh my gosh, like he's in a clubhouse room. If I could actually talk to him, because, you know, for me, I can't watch the media. I am a gullible person. I believe stuff, you know, if I hear it, if it has enough conviction, I know that about myself. So I stay away from mainstream media because I know what they're doing. I know their job is to blow things up. And so, you know, like we talked about, I like to look at more fact-based data. Yeah. And so I see this doctor from, yes, he's from TikTok, but he is constantly showing data. And so, you know, I was able to get on stage and ask my questions, like what is going on with the children? do our children need to be wearing masks? Why is nobody masking their children under five? How do we keep our children safe? And I mean, you were in that room. They didn't really have answers and they that didn't. was scary. And that's where that fear piece really comes in. And that happened so that, and that's not the first time that's happened. So I would not have been vaccinated. I love that room, mm -hmm. but it's just the reality. Like if, if you, it's the reality of the situation is very humbling when you realize that there's there's not answers for everything yeah before i was i was on the fence about this i was actually actually featured in an article talking about my hesitation and i had to write back to the um <laughs> to the writer like hey i actually got vaccinated the other day can we like amend this article because like i feel <laughs> i feel that this is dangerous to put this article out with me um because i was i was the I was supposed to be the person who was on the fence, mm -hmm. but the kind of the way the article was written, it had me almost being the person who was like anti-vaccine. Mm -hmm. And I really wasn't trying to say that. And so then I felt like, oh my gosh, I don't want this to be put out there. And then people think that I'm telling people not to get vaccinated because right. that's absolutely not what I was saying, right. but I really was concerned. Um, and I wasn't comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And what happened was, what happened was when I was, on the um the clubhouse i was able to ask those questions it gave me you know i get i came to the realization that it was our only hope to be mm -hmm. honest Absolutely. you know what i mean yep. they couldn't tell us definitively that oh there's no chance that you might have a reaction or anything like that or whatever but what we they could do was tell us what was happening with the with the virus mm -hmm. and 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 you know i knew that it was our only hope and what else happened was a couple weeks after that I think this was like in March my great aunt passed away mm. she didn't pass away from COVID but she was 93 years old and she had to end up going into hospice and, and it was so quick we thought we were gonna have some weeks so we're trying to I was gonna rent an RV and just drive up there she was in three hours away in Tennessee just to look outside the window and see her yeah and she she we had like a week and she passed away she couldn't yeah. have visitors and she just Sad. died in so hospice sad. without having and this is a lady who helped raise me so that just nearly destroyed me yeah and the other thing being here in in her home where she's from i was the, i was the person who had to make the arrangements until her son could bring her body down um mm -hmm. down here and so i had to leave my safe bubble mm. because i just stay at home most of the time but we only go to doctor's appointments we went to vote and that was it um i had to go into this funeral home and so on top of grieving, I was scared to death about COVID. I, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to tell the funeral home, director, okay, come on, hurry up. Just tell me what, what do I, and that's not fair. Yeah. Like I should, you shouldn't, what? She deserved better than that. Like yeah. I shouldn't have been double-minded 
as I'm processing what obituary to pick out for her, what casket to to bury her in. And I'm in here, I want the director to be quiet because I'm worried about how, you know, thank God he had a great cop quality mask and everything. But just the fear that I was experiencing on top of grief was just too much. Yeah, and then we weren't able to touch her body that had her roped off. You know how you have those ropes like at your at a movie premiere or something mm-hmm. where you're at a museum. We yeah. couldn't touch her. You know, it was just it was just terrible. And so a couple of days later, I got a call. that's like, hey, you're eligible. You, you, we can get you in. You and your husband in for a vaccine. Vaccine. I was kind of like, oh, I hadn't decided yet though. I'm mm-hmm. I'm still kind of you know on the fence. But I took that as a sign. I was like, you know what? God, I think this is you telling me I need to do this yeah. because things are going to come up like this where I'm going to have to leave my bubble. I can't always stay. We had to go mm-hmm. vote. We have to go to doctor's appointments. We had to go to the dentist. People pass away. Yeah. Things happen where you have to take care of business and you're going to have to go. And now the mask mandates are up. So it's mm-hmm. even scarier. When I go out, I have on two masks. I have my hair wrapped up like a surgeon and mm-hmm. I have on a shield. I know people are looking, people look at me like, they look at me like, <laughs> oh, so oh my God, are you kidding me? Or they're yeah. rude. They'll say things like, I can't hear you. And so mm. I'm like, okay, let me talk louder. And yeah. I'm not taking my gear off. No. Ugh. Luckily they just put the, in Washington state, they just put the mask mandate back on, but I never stopped wearing my mask. And, and I am really happy that my daughter at three wears her mask but you know there when it was like vaccinated people can take their masks off I wore my mask the whole time and yeah, you know I, those looks knew. yeah they were always clear about that that's another thing that's kind of confusing to me why people bought into that mm-hmm. because they to my knowledge they were always clear about the fact that we're not sure if the vaccine will prevent transmission or prevent um, you from getting the virus. It's mm-hmm. just the, the it was not designed for that. It no. was designed to reduce the severity and reduce the hospitals to take the load off the hospitals. Right. So I, I just don't understand why people that's just like to me, that's common sense. So if they said this, nothing's changed. Mm-hmm. They never gave us any data that says, hey, this reduces transmission by this percentage or 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 you know, when, when for sure this pre- prevents transmission for sure. Right. It never said that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why people felt comfortable. It's like, okay, let's take our mask off. Well, like, and just knowing like people, nobody's checking if you're vaccinated or not. So if they tell you to take your mask off, if you're vaccinated, of course, everyone's going to take their mask off, even if they're not vaccinated. And that's where that anger piece comes in again, because thinking about the children, like, okay, sure. Like you're not vaccinated. You don't care if you get sick. What about my kid? Right. Who, ha- who could get sick from you because they can't be vaccinated. They don't right. have a choice. And why are you being so selfish? You are a grown adult. And why are you making that choice for our children Right. by taking off your mask and putting our children at risk? And now thanks to you causing this entire new variant that is coming after our children. Why? They, realize that they think the vaccine, some people think the vaccine is causing the variant. It's like, no, I know. It's, the mix, it's the mixed company of unvaccinated people and vaccinated. It's just like, what, do you guys not have any common sense? And then the school, now here we are with the school thing. Yes. Like my little one, um, we, he was able to go to the preschool program, but the 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 school zone that we're zoned for on um, the system rather is very anti-mask very am um and so they're not taking any precautions so I decided again to keep him home yeah. but I've been trying to support these different groups who are doing these um, petitions and things to get um mask mandated in the schools and it, and they they opted they wouldn't even vote on it in our district where we where we are and it's just really it's just really really sad and some of the things that the parents are saying is it's not that they don't know it's real there mm-hmm. there one parent has been quoted as saying we know it's real we know it's serious but we are still choosing to want our children to be mask free and have a normal experience what do you say to that so and and it's it's my it's my choice 
my freedom. And what people don't get is it's not your choice. It's not freedom. When your when your freedom is a threat to my life, it's mm-hmm. not freedom anymore. It's something sinister. Yep. And you and you know it, and you don't care that you that that you could actually harm my child. We're not mm-hmm. talking about dress codes or kids wearing red red shirts or blue shirts or it's or if kid girls are wearing mini skirts and it's your choice to send them to school, yeah. you know, with violating the dress code. We're right. talking about life or death here. Literally, life or death. And for all of the people who have been doing what they're supposed to be doing this whole time, why is your freedom and your right bigger and more important than ours? Like, right. It, we want to keep our children safe. And I know you do too. I don't get it. And I'm not saying that nobody wants to keep their children safe, but why is your need to let your child have a normal quote unquote experience greater than this side's need to let your child stay safe? It, it's right. not, it's just not fair. And, and especially that almost not in public. Small. In yeah. public schools, now, if you if, if everybody that um is like, I, well, I don't, I want my kid to go. And they don't wear a mask. And they're gonna go to a private school and they're gonna pay for that kind of thing. I don't agree with it. I'm not condoning that or whatever. Mm-hmm. But okay, but in a public school where we're yeah. all paying taxes for, no, you don't get to decide to put everybody's kids at risk right. and in danger because of, of your your cosmetic reasons for your child. You want to see their smiling, happy face and you want them to be happy. Kids are completely happy. I I just had a birthday party for my son outside. We rented a farm Mm -hmm. and social distance, just a few kids. And they all had on their little mask. They weren't complaining. They did so well. I was so proud of them. Mm -hmm. If those kids can outside in Alabama heat, wear their mask and ride horses and have fun, these kids can wear their mask in school in the air conditioned school building. It's going to be okay. Yeah. My, she was wearing her mask when she was two. Gladly. It does not like, it's not affecting her at all. And I think it's because she sees the model of her parents wearing the mask and the people that were around wearing the mask. It doesn't bother her. Even here in Washington, we, I, I wanted to get her in preschool so bad. She is such a social kid. She always has been. And that is uh, in a lot of ways, it's much harder on me than it is on her, even though I think it's so hard on her. And that's why yeah. it's so hard on me. But it's not sense. hard because she doesn't know any different. She doesn't yet, know any different. Yeah. But it was so important for me because I'm like, she's, you know, she's missing out on being a kid. I mean, I'm sure anybody listening can relate to that feeling like your kid, it keeps you up at night that your kid's missing out on yeah. being a kid, whether they know Absolutely. it or not. And Absolutely. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get her into a preschool. And so I searched around here all, I found a place, but almost every single preschool in this area in Washington state of all places does not require masks for children under five. Yeah. And that's just, I'm not comfortable with that. And we found a place that it's a in-home daycare or not daycare, sorry, preschool. They do require masks. They take temperatures every day. They don't let the parents come in. It's, you know, the teacher comes out and gets them. And even that I'm like, I'm freaking out about it. Right. Cause it's like, yeah, yeah. they wear their masks, but their kids, like, you know, they're going to get pulled down this and that. And every single time that I'm sending her to this preschool, I am feeling so much guilt. Like I'm yeah. choosing to put my daughter at risk but there's such a fine line of, okay, this is, this is the safest possible route that I could find. Right. And what's the alternative? Like she has to live her life, but also like I'm putting her at risk every day. And it's such like, we are being faced with the most impossible decisions as parents. Do we let our children be children and experience their childhood and risk their lives or do we keep them safe to the best of our ability and rob them from their childhood? Even though we're not yeah. the ones who are robbing them, it feels that way as a parent. It does. It does. It, 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 it's really, it's really hard. I grappled with my decision to, even though I knew, like I knew in the forefront of my mind, okay, it's dangerous. This is not, I know this is not safe in this, especially in this school to send him to this 
this program because my son has a speech delay. So he needs to get speech services. Mm-hmm. So we have, we pay out pocket to have private speech therapists and things and virtually. Um, and, you know, we were not, not going to be able to access those free services through the school system. Um, but it's just, it's just not, not worth it because we yeah. know if you're that flipping about it, then you're, if you're that flipping about it in my face, I can only imagine what's going on when I, I, I when I send my kid there to you. Like right. you, there's no plan, there's no plan at all in place where or where my son would go. Yeah. So um, so I just couldn't. I I was like I'm you know I just I can't do it. And it's hard because I mm-hmm. know that he would benefit from being around other children, and um and and learning in that environment. But I'm like it won't do me any good if he's if he's sick. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I would have made I mean not that it matters but I would have made the same decision as you in that situation with the with the no masks and just like in where you live I can't even imagine the pain that you feel just seeing people like fighting this so hard for the you know I mean here it's school-age kids like five and up are wearing masks at school and you know, there's people who don't like it, but that is what it's going to be here. And it, right. it's not as big of a issue as it is like where you are. And that, yeah, that's got to be it's really a major as a divide. Yeah, it's a major, it's a major divide people and people don't want to talk about it anymore, really. Um, and it's been getting like that just about COVID in general. I noticed in certain mm-hmm. mom groups, that I'm in, some groups, you can't even mention COVID anymore. You yeah. can't mention masks. You can't mention COVID or you'll get kicked out of the groups. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really crazy. It, it really is. Even like when we went to Florida, we went to the beach. We went in May because we thought that, okay, like, all right, school, um, schools, not, we went before school got out. Mm-hmm. So we were thinking it's going to be not crowded, which it wasn't. It was a perfect time to go. But there were some scary moments where we had to, we went to an outdoor aquarium and we encountered some anti-maskers and they, they tried to invade our space, you know? So it's just kind of, it's kind of dangerous, you know? Yeah. And um, I don't know. It's just, I, I just don't understand. I, I joined a group to research the area and ask questions about where could we eat? Where could we get food safely where who wears masks and you can't it's like oh sorry you can't ask those questions here yeah wow (laughs) I mean I guess it's like one of those things like you just don't talk about it and every like it goes away like that's not gonna happen like that's that's not okay and that's like why I wanted to have you on to talk about this today because I like so many of us have really been struggling like with the isolation piece a lot feeling like everyone in the world, I mean, like in our country and where I live is moving on and living a normal life. And I'm over here still feeling this way. Like what is wrong with me? And I'm not sure if you read my article that I submitted to scary mommy and they published it. And it was about this really public breakdown that I had at a playground the other day with my daughter. And it, I just was like venting and I was just typing this and I just got brave and I submitted it to this huge mom blog. And when they published it, I was freaking out because I was like, I didn't think anybody was really going to publish this. Like I yeah. didn't think that this was really going to be out there. And, and I got really afraid because it is so isolating. And so many of us feel like yeah. we are the only person who is taking things this seriously, Yeah, which I do have to say, even for the parents that don't see eye to eye, the same as we do, I know that they are Care, they care about their kids and they're taking yeah food, it's not a, everybody loves their kids yeah it, it's not that but I, what I'm realizing is and you don't want to say it's not, not that people don't hate other people but people just they care about their kids and that's mm-hmm. it yeah yeah that I mean I yeah definitely and if you if they kind of feel like well you know my kid's probably not going to get it so why am I going to go through all this extra? Why am I going to make these sacrifices right. when, um, or they've convinced themselves that what if they get, it's not going to be that bad. And, and I think that. that's what a lot of people, and, and, and for some it's not, yeah. but you really just don't know. You don't know. You, and you, you have don't to tell know. yourself that. I mean, I can see people telling themselves that so that yeah. they can, you know, live their life, which to an extent, I mean, we're all going to have to do that to an extent event. I mean, this isn't going away and, you know, we just, yeah, but I think it's, you know, 
when that, when my article came out and the response I got from people like, oh my gosh, like I can relate to this so much. I Mm -hmm. feel this exact same way. Oh my gosh. I needed to read this. Like it was the most incredible feeling to hear that other people felt like how I felt. And so I Mm -hmm. think, you know, these groups that are eliminating COVID discussion to avoid like arguments. It's just not right. We need to be talking about this because other people are feeling the same way that we're feeling. If you're listening and you're struggling, other people are feeling that way. And I think it's so, so important that we continue to talk about this. So I'm curious. I was going to say, and not just talk about it, just event, like we need to vent about it. But mm-hmm. also to share ideas, like mm-hmm. how can we continue to find joy? How can we stay safe? What are some social activities that our kids can do safely outside right now until it's freezing cold? Yeah. You know, yeah, to, that's what to I was going to ask you. Foster, you know what I mean? Um, social activity for, and for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of tailgates with my girlfriends. We get outside and have a little wine or whatever, and get at our cars and just and just sit out there and um, yeah. socially distance and have a good time. Um, cause we have to, I mean, those are the ways that we cope, you know, and sharing those things. And the only way you can share those things is if you talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how you feel, you know, that's how, you know, you're not alone. And maybe you'll learn something from somebody who has a different perspective than you, but I am curious, like if you could tell someone who's listening right now, that's struggling, what is something that you like some advice you would give them to help them find some peace or, or deal with that anxiety. You're absolutely not alone. You're, mm-hmm. you're, there are other, we're all going, you know, you hear, we're going through this together, yeah. but we really are. You, there are other people who are feeling the same way that you are and find your virtual safe place. Mm-hmm. Like right now it's kind of hard. You know, not everyone is lives close to family or friends that they feel safe that are taking the same precautions. But if you are right now, especially while we're still in, you know, summer going into fall, get outside as much as you can, social distance, take advantage and kind of fill in your little, your heart toolbox, I say, Mm -hmm. with joyful experience as many as you can right now before the dark winter is upon us. You know, I'm just trying to do as many things as possible for the dark winters upon us. And I've, and I've joined a lot of Facebook um, COVID information, COVID information and family groups mm-hmm. that, um, that have been really helpful in giving me support and giving me that sense of community. Mm-hmm. Community, I think is, is big. Surrounding yourself with people who can relate with you for sure. I was thinking about... Um, some answers to this question too, and just kind of like what has helped me. And so definitely staying away from media, unless it's backed by facts, I would really try to make sure that the media you're consuming has solid data and facts to back it up. And then speaking up, you know, when you are feeling isolated, when you're feeling angry, when you're feeling afraid, going on your social media and speaking up or going into one of these Facebook groups, speaking up, reaching out to us and speaking up because just getting it off your chest and realizing that there's other people feeling the same is, is amazing to feel seen and heard and understood. And then just remembering that you're not alone too. I think same as you said, I think that's probably the biggest thing because it can really feel like it sometimes, especially with our children. And especially for those of us who have high risk children. I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine the added layer to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's tough. It's tough. But I feel like this year after last year, we've learned how to kind of navigate through it. You know, know, know how to um, demand respect and keep mm-hmm. distance. And like we've taught our son how to, to wear his mask and everything. So we've had a lot of really good experiences this summer to kind of be in my little heart toolbox, you know, to yeah. get me through this, this winter. And I'm probably going to start my Christmas decorations like on November 1st right yes to make it as jolly as possible around here yeah definitely whatever you've got to do to you know stay positive and see you I guess we'll just see what happens I mean it's not, I'm yeah. like what is gonna happen like right who freaking knows it's not going anywhere it's just getting worse yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty scary yeah but okay well let's shift gears a little bit um I really 
really appreciate you being so transparent and vulnerable and having this conversation. I think that this is really going to touch a lot of people in an important way. So thank you so much. We're going to move on from the COVID stuff here just to lighten things up a little bit before yeah, we end it. So other stuff is going on, you know, besides COVID. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And some of it is just as heavy that we don't want to get into. So right. we're going to round this out with the question that we ask everyone who comes on the show. And that is, if you could share one piece of advice on how to balance being a mom and a boss lady, what would that advice be? Take your time and not take your time like as in slow. I mean, as a mom, take your time Mm. because our husbands, our partners, our children are not going to just give us our time to ourselves. So that means penciling in, putting it on the calendar, sharing a calendar with your family hey at eight o'clock in the morning I'm going for my walk that's my me time that's what I do that's that's what I do early in the morning I get up and go for my walk listen to my music um I do a morning devotional that's my time my husband's time is when he gets off work I'm kind of like in his time right now but he's like really generous you know, well, kind of switched up a little bit <laughs> thank you husband um but typically this is his relaxation hour before he re you know reintegrates into like the family thing or whatever but my time is in the morning take take your time take like this is my this is my me time for today since my kid didn't take a nap today mm-hmm. this, talking with you is my is my me time that's yes. that self-care get that self-care in because nobody's going to give it to you. your job's not going to give it to you your family's not going to give it to you you know you, you've got to take that time for yourself to um to unwind and just find yourself you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that that is great advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm not going to let you go without my favorite segment, which is our hot mess moment. So this is your chance to share a time, get it off your chest that you have been a total hot mess. Don't be afraid to go there. Cause we love to hear it. Okay. So my, I have, I'm going to share two really quick. I'm sorry. Yes. I just, I, no, I love just, it. This is just so funny. <laughs> my hot mess mom moment is one night when I was pumping, um, I fell asleep and I, I always fall asleep pumping. And my husband, he barged in. He was like, babe, are you asleep? And he scared me so bad that I just jumped up deliriously and ran to the kitchen, unhooked my pump parts and poured my milk, all the milk that I pumped. I just poured it down the drain. No, <laughs> I, I don't know why. I, I, I And it was my husband was just looking like, what's what's happening here what's happening here my second hot my second hot mess moment is before I was a uh, mom right before actually my husband and I took a um uh anniversary trip to California and we got a convertible and we drove from we spent some a few days in LA and then we drove to San Francisco and I wasn't really prepared for the weather change like in LA it's like all hot and dry like perfect but then you drive to San Francisco got a little chilly well in that drive and out in the air and everything I started to get sick. So we stopped in this beautiful little quaint little town and I got some Robitussin. Well, I know not to take NyQuil and like drink anything, yeah. but Robitussin, I thought Robitussin was safe, right? Now, the whole time I was in San Francisco, went out to eat, went to wineries. I didn't have any interactions. We drive back to LA, we catch this red eye to get back home. And I, I don't want to be on this flight overnight coughing on the on the plane of course this is pre-pandemic but mm-hmm. still even then still, you don't yeah. <laughs> people coughing and so I'm like oh let me take a little bit of Robitussin at the airport so that to kind of like coat my my throat and we were first class just wonderful and they brought the wine around I'm like okay I'm gonna chug this chug this wine so I can sleep and relax for when we get because we had a three-hour drive from the airport once we landed oh, you know in the middle of the night yeah and I thought I was going to die. I woke up in a panic. I felt sick. I felt I had to get to the restroom. Everybody on the plane was asleep. It was literally like a nightmare, like a horror oh movie. Was, and I'm like, I'm going to die on this plane. Like, what, what is happening? Oh and then gosh. years later, I read how you're not supposed to take Robitussin. It can kill you if you take Robitussin. Oh, no. Oh, my and gosh. mix it with alcohol. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. That was definitely a hot mess moment. I could just like feel the like panic being trapped in your body, like going through that yeah, on a plane. Yeah. And, like, it's, oh. and it's dark, you know, and everybody's, everybody's on the plane, like sleep. I'm just like, 
Is anybody home? I need a witness. My husband, he's asleep. And I'm just like, is this real? Like, is this really happening? Oh I need some help here. Well, I'm glad you live to tell the tale because that's right. awful. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, oh my goodness. See that researching comes in handy, right? Absolutely. <laughs> now absolutely. you know never to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, this has been, I mean, I hate to say this has been fun since we've been talking about such a I heavy know, topic. I know, but... I enjoyed, I enjoyed you so much. This you was too. Excellent. Yes, thank you so much for coming on. I just, I have loved this episode, and I, you're just the best. I'm so glad we. Oh, you're the best. I'm so thankful that I met you. I don't, I, I don't usually. Well, I'm always in those rooms, but I think at that particular time. I think that room went on for a long time because after you got off, it was still going on. So yeah. I'm just so thankful that we were able to connect. Me too. Me too. So before I let you go, go ahead and let everyone know where they can find you. If you want to share like the Facebook groups you were talking about or your social media so people can connect and reach out if they're feeling any kind of isolation or have questions of ideas to do with their children or for themselves, um, go ahead and let them know. Absolutely. I'm on Instagram, um, Sham Crumb on Instagram and also eat pray read with sham is my bookstagram account nice. so you can reach me there i'm on facebook by my name shamir crummy hatcher so you can reach out there um i'm also a part of um the covid friendly friendly information for families in covid if you inbox me on facebook i can link you to some of these groups um these facebook these covid support groups that have been really really helpful for me Perfect. And I have the links you sent me. So if you're okay with it, I can put those in the show notes too. So people can easily access. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm going to let you go then. So thank you so, so much for everything. Thanks for joining. And until next week, you've got this mamas stay bossy. Thank you for listening to boss ladies and babies. If you like this episode, be sure to rate review and leave us some feedback. Make sure you follow us on social at boss ladies and babies. Join the conversation in our private Facebook group and check out everything we have to offer like community coaching, merch, and more at bossladiesandbabies.com. And until next time, stay bossy. boss lady. Come here. I've got a few questions to ask you. Have you been struggling to find your unique balance in your life or business? Do you feel lost as a mom and or business owner and need some direction or clarity? Do you feel like you aren't truly connecting with your customers, not making sales and can't figure out why? Do you struggle to show up on social media consistently and intentionally without feeling completely overwhelmed? If you answered yes to any of these questions, keep listening. The Brand You Strategy is my signature six-week business balance and branding course that walks you through creating a solid and recognizable business and brand identity and has proven to help you gain a clear understanding of who you are and determine your unique message and dream customers so you can relax into your business and make more money. Who doesn't want that? The Brand You Strategy only launches six times per year and has a spot waiting with your name on it. For more info, check out bossladiesandbabies.com or contact me, your girl Megan, on Instagram at itsmegangillespie or via email at megan at bossladiesandbabies.com. Mention this ad and receive 25% off your spot. I can't wait to see what you do.